Hi, I'm Rachel Goodwin and I'm a channel and healer who loves to teach and empower others. My work is about teaching you how to make a strong and powerful connection with your divinity, your divine spark, soul, higher self, whatever you want to call it, and then bringing that divine power right smack centre into the middle of your life so that it mixes and integrates with your everyday life and your everyday self. To me, this is ascension as it creates an overall rising of vibration and is where my path and yours has always been leading. And today we're talking to Maria Lisetta Jakobsen. This is the first Danish person that I've interviewed, which is rather lovely. And she is a self-employed herbalist, shamanic practitioner and teacher in the field of Nordic shamanism, animism. And she has a wonderful company called Huldemors Haver, which means Elder Mother's Garden, where she daily inspires and motivates thousands of followers on social media. She's been a seeker of wisdom since early age, which led her to both the modern Asatru community and from that onto the path of the shaman for the last 20 years. Maria strives to empower her clients in having greater confidence in their own abilities by gaining knowledge of nature's healing resources. She teaches live and online about the health-promoting properties of nature, both medically with herbs and spiritually through shamanic practices. It was lovely, lovely, lovely talking to Maria today. She lives in uh, an enchanted forest in a beautiful house, 200-year-old witchy house, as she describes it, which you can see um, on the cover of the, the podcast, together with her two teenage daughters and their black cat, Tor Herman. So I hope you enjoyed, enjoyed today's show. It was really, really great talking to Maria. We had a wonderful time. Hope you do too. So welcome everyone to another episode of Sacred You and I've been having a summer break and I have to say it was nice but it's so lovely to get back to work and I'm so happy to be doing this episode today with Maria. Hi Maria. Hello Rachel, thanks for having me. Oh it's lovely, it's lovely to talk to you. So Maria is is from Denmark so she's not too far away from me and that's that's really nice it's nice for a change I think you're the first person in Denmark that I oh, have really? interviewed <laughs> amazing I'm, I'm really uh, honored then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. usually I'm talking to people in America or Australia or the UK you know it could be could be anywhere in the world and that's the wonderful thing about zoom and podcasts and the world is is opened up so amazingly yeah that's true that one good no no several good things have come out of this online years we have yeah. gone through yeah 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 and normally I ask people about the weather because like <laughs> I actually I actually like to hear what kind of climate people live in but sure. I, yeah I guess <laughs> I, I, it, I can um, tell by looking outside yeah I think we're going towards a good day today not that much rain and a pretty nice sun <laughs> I hope <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's always good to it's always good to be hopeful well I'm, I'm going for a swim 
later in the fjord whatever the weather is doing anyway because I just I find that it's like it's something that brings me a lot of like joy just being in the water even if it's windy or raining or cold or I just go so um sometimes the water feels much warmer when it's a little cold up up (laughs) up on the apart from water yeah absolutely so I would really love to hear about you and your life and like a little bit but you know where where were you born what was life like growing up and you know how did you get to where you are now yeah how much time do we have (laughs) (laughs) people always say that (laughs) yeah but but um yeah of course it's uh I'm I just turned 41 uh and then sometimes I feel like uh, I'm 80 uh, looking upon what I have went through um up until now but that's a good thing I guess uh, but my childhood um, was pretty, from the outside, pretty uh, common. I grew up in, a, I don't know what's it called in English, but there you must help me, a Parcelhusquartier. <laughs> oh, okay. So like it's like a neighborhood of like houses that are bungalows. Yeah. I think we call them yeah. bungalows. Yeah, yeah. Very, very um, middle class Danish um a safe upbringing um, yeah. with the, my mother. She divorced my my biological father when I was two because he was having drinking issues. So she sort of took me and left. And um, then she met another husband, and he was my father up until now. He's <laughs> luckily still still very alive, but he became my father figure. Um, and uh, I went to school and from, I think I remember from being like four or five starting in this new kindergarten, uh, I always felt um, out like an outsider, um, not really fitting in, not being part of the, the uh, popular group of girls or not having that many uh, friends, but always seeking out to nature and always sort of having an interest or a longing for history and old places. And uh, we did a lot of camping when I was young, uh, going uh, around Denmark. And my mother always took me to the nearest museum or the nearest um, grave mound or local site. And other children might have thought that would be pretty boring, but I sort of loved it. Um, I felt a strong connection to these places, not something that I could articulate at that moment, but it was just this feeling of um, to be understood. But it's, it's, it's hard to put in words, but, uh, but very short being different and, mm-hmm. and needed to sort of uh, make new strategies to survive in a, a Offered, but you know. Um, <clears throat> but but uh, I ended up um, being very angry as an angry child because mm. things happened with my biological father. I was uh, abused when I came to visit him, and that sort of made an, a great impact on how. Uh, how I was to set uh, limits or borders around myself. So a lot of things happened in a dysfunctional upbringing, sort of, because as I said, from the outside, all looked perfect, nice house, um, two cars, whatever, good jobs. But uh, from the inside, I was struggling real hard. And, And growing up in the 80s, where children's psychology maybe wasn't such a popular subject it was just like please behave don't be angry stop acting this way and and I was just like a small girl couldn't find my feet in in this um, what's happening around me I know that my mother did the best she could with the sort of resources that she had had available and I I have done all the work, forgiving and blah, 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 and and we are at a good place today, no problem. But it just has really 
carved some some uh, trails in me from a young age. So when I was around 14, I think, I went to the first uh, common meditation in a Buddhist center uh, in Copenhagen. And I'm sure my mother thought that I was sort of being adopted by the moon <laughs> community, anything like that. But I was just looking, uh, sort of looking for a place to fit in and looking for something with more depth than uh, than what what my community sort of could bring into my life. We we didn't have a, my parents didn't believe in anything. I was uh, baptized and and uh, confirmed. Con, what do you call confirmed? Confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. But more like a cultural uh, way of this is how we do it. Not because anyone asked me, do you believe in God or anything? <coughs> or maybe they did, but I just don't remember. <laughs> um, but but I just I didn't felt in the right place and I didn't um I was <laughs> yeah it's it's really cliche but I was like this uh, black sheep in in a in a um a herd of very white sheep um sheep one sheep <laughs> <laughs> um but but um, the most or the the thing I remember the most from going to that Buddhist center was that it smelled a lot like curry. Okay. <laughs> and it wasn't that it gave me a big uh, spiritual awakening or anything. It was nice to go and see people can live in a totally different way from my very uh, uh, safe environment, and and it was. Um, uh, uh, I don't know, a shared house, you know, they live a lot of people together or really. A community, um, yeah. Community, hippie yeah, style, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was great for me to experience that there were other yeah. ways to do life. Um, but then uh, I went back and forth and I actually uh, applied for being in the Air Force uh, as an officer. Yeah, when I was uh, in, in a gymnasium and I have sort of... Uh, Laid, laid out my career and I was going to do this and that and forth. And then I failed the, uh, I don't know, apply, you know, you were going to have a test to yeah. see if you're uh, okay to come in. And I was not. And I became very, very angry because uh, uh, I was like, you don't want to have me. I'm so, I, this is where I have to be. So I just Sorry, my English, but fucked it all. And then I used like five years on partying, drinking, uh, going crazy, losing myself. Um, and uh, uh, listened to a lot of electronic music, did a lot of drugs, just, uh, yeah, experience. And again, trying to push limits, I think. And sort of losing contact to my parents, and um, I lived on my own. And uh, suddenly one day, that sort of just stopped. I I thought <laughs> I found myself on the floor, waking up, thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. I I want to have a life, <laughs> a different life. And uh, then my mother, she even though I have sort of rejected her. She kept on sending me these, um, you can be this, you can be that, you can be a gardener, you can be an archaeologist. And I thought, well, if I have to um, sort of uh, go through a long education, uh, it needs to be something that I really like. And archaeology has always been close to my heart and was sort of my safe haven when we went to the museums and the open air museums and things like that when I was a kid. So I applied and uh, someone has pulled some strings because I, I came in <laughs> and uh, started uh, studying archaeology in 2003, I think. So almost uh, 20 years ago. And I did a little work before being able to enter uh, the university. I had to volunteer, and I did that at the Lyra, which is sort of like an open-air uh, prehistoric museum where um, they reenact uh, different uh, periods of time from the the past. 
And there I met uh, the Viking uh, reenactment environment and the community. And I I became aware that there was something called Asatro, the Asatru mm-hmm. community, where you sort of worship the old gods and, and Norse traditions. And that was a great revelation for me that there was actually people who went outside and connected with the nature and, and the power of nature. And that hit home for me. Uh, not exactly maybe the as it was performed 20 years ago. It was very Thor and Odin-like, very uh, male, masculine, uh, hail, mighty, whatever, and, and, and a lot of meat and a lot of horn, and that was great <laughs> enough. Um, but uh, it was a great party, and the men were very beautiful, <laughs> long beard <laughs> and, and great... Um, but for me, I was more, not gentle, but I sort of longed for something more sense, sensed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I became aware, aware of uh, the old Nordic tradition of sight, which is a kind of shamanism where you use the power of the song to journey. And there was this um, archetype called the Vulva, the Vulva, uh, she was sort of like a, a fortune teller or a seeress in the Viking Age. And uh, you could call her a witch also. Uh, and I was very much um, adorned to her. Or I thought, well, I need a strong role, female role figure, so I will go that way. And that sort of took me onto my life journey of working with shamanism. Because at that time, there was only a Hust here in Denmark. Uh, who has also been teaching abroad, um, who taught uh, courses inside. And to go on that course, you needed the basic course of shamanism. And I was like, no way. This is way too hippie. This is uh, people dress up in in Native American uh, headgear and things like that. That was sort of like my prejustice of this. And but I I really wanted to go on the side course, so I had to sort of like swallow the camel and... <laughs> And say, okay, well, I'll, I'll attend this basic course and then I'll just sort of only f- focus on what I need. And uh, I did that. And I remember going into, a, it was like a dance studio in Copenhagen. And there was uh, leaves and a small altar and, and a candlelight and, and stones and things like that. And <clears throat> it was sort of very exotic for me, but but still there was some something that sort of um, uh, made made some sense. And when Anette opened the circle and called in the spirits, I was just like, oh, I need that. <laughs> and from that day, I have sort of never looked back. <laughs> um, so this and that and a whole lot of other things happened. And, and up on, yeah, of course, then I, became, I, I, I stayed on the road and studied archaeology and uh, Ten years ago, I, I finished my master and got a job. The, all the things you have to do when you get a career, got a good job at the museum and worked on a lot of excavations and very interesting and nice things uh, that people always say, oh, it's so exciting to, that you were an archaeologist. And yeah, it was, but it was just not for me. So as on the side... Besides working uh, at the museum, I started teaching um, both with the herbs uh, because I've always, that's another, my, my story has a lot of lines, but the herbs have sort of been another line on my, my string also. And uh, I had a blog and made some videos just for fun. Look, I have made this funny uh, tincture or ointment or whatever and people really loved it and they sort of asked me couldn't you make a course or couldn't you sort of um, please uh, teach us more and I was only like well I don't know diddly squat I just try and let's see what's happening Um, but the, the job at the museum was hard it's it's in Denmark it's tough work to get a career uh, in this field probably as it is in other countries too um 
and uh, being a, a young woman uh, not afraid to put on her peacock feathers uh, it it could be a problem to work in a very i couldn't say male dominated because it's very womanly dominated but you need to be a certain kind of woman to fit into the the a little bit um, tough uh, music it's a masculine energy yeah. that you're in it's a masculine paradigm yeah. Isn't it? It is, yeah. and and a very much. Uh, I only know it from Denmark, of course. Don't don't you don't you dare believe you are something, because we will put you down. <laughs> yeah. uh, you oh, if you're not like us. So I struggled a lot. I had, I had a hard time, but uh, fortunately, someone saw that I was really good at my job too. So I didn't sort of lose hope. I just kept on fighting and. Then when I came home from the museum, I, fight, I fought for my, my own company and, and, and started teaching. And after five years, I could see that I had really something going that people were interested in. And then two years ago, uh, my life sort of, uh, I threw a, a bomb on my life and I quit my job and I quitted my marriage and left home with sort of nothing but my good name <laughs> and my new company, which was not so new at that time. But but um, then I, I ended up here in the forest uh, by uh, luck and mysterious help. Uh, and this is sort of where I am today, teaching full-time now and working with the plants and the shamanism and living in the most magical forest. <laughs> yeah. I love your story, Maria. That is just like, yeah. wow. And, there, and there's so many, so many things in there that I relate to. So I moved to Denmark um, seven years ago. Next week it will be okay. because I married a Danish guy, Thomas, and um, he works at Roskilde University and um, as, a, as a researcher in um, like pedagogy. So we worked with pedagogers and the the younger children's sort of nursery does a lot of research into that. He's just started. He does a lot of stuff on children's imagination. Oh, cool. And he's he's trained as a Jungian um, psychoanalyst as well. Mm -hmm. And he uses as much as that as he can kind of (laughs) sneak in. And, and, you know, it's very much the same experience for him. You know, it's this very masculine dominated environment so like when you were saying it about your museum I was kind of feeling that 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 same energy but um we moved here because um he couldn't get a job in the UK Mm. he was overqualified for this job he went to at a university he was underqualified for another one and also because his field he it doesn't really work in the UK because we don't have a professional like job People who work in nurseries get paid really low money and a okay. lot of parents stay at home and look after their kids until they're four when they start school. So it's like a completely different thing. So I sort of had to come to Denmark because we had Benji, who was just a baby then. But I had to leave my eldest son in the UK with his dad. And it was just like, it was a nightmare. I'll be honest. Yeah. I really didn't want to, but I had to live somewhere. And it was either like you know live here or yeah or that was it you know because practically you have to you have to live don't you so um when I came here I was many years into my kind of spiritual career as as it were but um I was just so heartbroken the first year that I came here I just went around all the springs in Roskilde (laughs) connecting with that energy because I love I love springs. I really, really love springs. And um, I've worked with them really, really, really deeply and intensely. And I've actually written a guide about oh, it. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I took people around the springs and, you know, people who'd lived here years, obviously spiritual type people. And they went, wow, we didn't realize the energies were so strong. And I was like, yeah, you just you just have to like drop down a bit and suddenly a whole new world opens. But 
I love all the burial mounds and the hoy, and I'm really sensitive to energy. So it's been really exciting for me to come here because there's so many power lines and ley lines and yeah. ancestors and the landscape. And so I really felt like, okay, I know nothing about Nordic spirituality. It had never really been mentioned in any of the things that I'd done, priestess stuff, witch stuff, psychic stuff. It never really came up, apart from talking about Freya as a love goddess, which, you know, now I look at it and I go, oh, God, you know, just to put her in a thing as a love goddess, it's like, really, that's just such a miss perception but I I tried to get on Annette Hust's English course but it was full um but Tom because yeah. we we actually used to we lived opposite her in Copenhagen we lived in Gunlugsgel oh, really? which is just across the road and I went and met her because Thomas did one of her courses but then we went to England and lived there a couple of years but like I said Thomas couldn't get work so then we came back and I said to Thomas I am not living in Copenhagen <laughs> like it's a really nice city as far as cities go but it's like yeah I can't cope with all that concrete Roskilde is, a, is about as big a town as I can manage and that's because it's got springs but um so I couldn't get on Annette Hus stuff and then I found something in Sweden there was an English woman, Amelda, and well, she's not actually, she's from the Netherlands, she's Dutch, but she lives in the UK and she's married to a Swede. And she was teaching an introduction to sight or savor, as 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 they say it in Sweden, just in yeah. Skona. And I was like, well, I'm gonna yeah. go to that. And I just wanted a basis in it, you know, I just wanted to kind of get in tune with the land where I was living and to understand the history because I do a lot of like energy work. I get called to places like Grauhoys and, you know, burial mounds mm. and places like that and I have to do energy work because some of them have lovely energy and some of them are really awful <laughs> and really need, yeah. you know, you have to work with a whole like group to sort of, you know, do something about it and and kind of yeah. fix some stuff. And um, I just went there on this intro course because the thing is, I'd never been interested in in kind of the Viking thing because it was, to me, it was all Odin and blood and beer. And, yeah. you know, I like to have a nice cup of tea. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that I don't like the odd snaps because I do, you know, but it just, it didn't, as a woman, I have to say it didn't, it didn't appeal. It didn't appeal to me in a, in a sort of a spiritual way. And then on this um, say that it was like I connected with the Norns immediately. Mm. I was supposed to go on a journey to meet Odin. No, no. <laughs> I went down to Brazil and um, immediately there was the Norns there. And I was just like, oh, I know you. I know yeah. you. I'm really surprised I know you. But I, you know, I just I wasn't expecting any of it. And then from that, it's never stopped. I just I've gone on and done more um, courses with Imelda and she's she's great because she she goes back to all the old sources she's a real um scholar and if there was like a yeah. Hogwarts university she would be a professor <laughs> in it oh cool she's taught herself yeah. like 18 languages and like she knows all the scans because she always wants to go back to the source and the original yeah. and like do her own translations and stuff like that and she has taught us such a feminine, there's so much divine feminine energy in the Scandinavian and the Old Norse spirituality. And I never, I would never have known that from like the last 50 years of my life. It was like yeah. completely hidden. So like everything you were saying, I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited to like, because I mean, I, I do channeling and I work with an ascended master and this is not like a big part of my work, but it always comes in to whatever I'm talking about now, you know, because I work a lot with the rune energy and they speak to me and, you know, it's like, and this kind of, this kind of energy framework of this feminine side or say that so many women really respond when I say it they just they just get it they just get it and it's like it's in their European bloodline 
because it was it was you know it was in Britain it was in Germany it was all over Scandinavia and so many of us are kind of carrying it and even if we're not carrying it ancestrally we're carrying it like in a soul our soul remember so it was why I was so excited to talk to you because I feel like you know, and I, I saw you on Instagram because you have a really great, I really love your Instagram feed with your beautiful Thank pictures you. and photographs on there. And then I saw you do a video and you said, I want to do more stuff in English. And I was like, <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was really happy. I was I was really happy when um, I could interview you. So so what kind of what kind of things are you going to do in English now? What 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 plans have you got for the future? <laughs> Um, I really want to sort of um, open my my business into teaching in English. Uh, so the videos are sort of like my training wheels because I have my uh, big blog is a blogage is that I na- English is not my native language and I'm sort of like this perfectionist type. So when I do something, I really want to put it forward in in something that I can be proud of or something that people can sort of get something out of instead of me just mumbling along and and, and trying to make myself understandable. Um, but that is sort of like a personal work I need to do and, and be ready to put it into life. But uh, the videos will sort of be just do it. And uh, I have done um, a a course in Danish called Verdeshamaten, uh, which is sort of like everyday shamanism, uh, on how to uh, integrate uh, shamanistic uh, tools, or you could say small uh, rituals, or just the way you look upon the world uh, into your everyday life. Because often people struggle with going to a course, and they're really spiritual and have a lot of great experiences, but then. Monday come and and what to do you still have to go to work you still have to pick up the kids make dinner but how do you sort of do that from a a more spiritual or animistic approach Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was my intention with the Danish course and I have thought about doing that that same course but in English because that was not an easy start for me but that was sort of I already have the the framework, then I just need to translate the, the stuff into English and, of course, adjust a bit and, and things like that. Uh, and that will, um, of course, also include some something which is more um, related to the Nordic traditions or, or because I live and teach and, and work here uh, and I'm very much related to the land and, and the landscape, but... As you just said, it's in the soul. It's not particularly in the genes. So I want to make this available for all people regarding if you come from South America, Greenland or, or, or Siberia, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Sorry, this is sort of like uh, universal methods or things that, that everybody can do and relate to. And, and that is my... It is my hope that I can make this available for people. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think people are, are so ready for it, Maria. There is like the world is like opening up to this, and of course, you know, it's always been there. And but I don't think it's coincidental that it's happening now. And because, like, like if I speak from my own experience, there's something in the edders and in the teaching and in the energy of it where I can really find myself as a woman and it's strong and it's great and there's wisdom but I'm still a woman I don't have to give up my my femininity but it's not a femininity that's based on a lot of superficiality that we find in our current, you know, when I, like you, you know, when I was at school, I was like, I was weird and people knew I was weird. And that was really difficult because I, you know, I was, I was, you know, I didn't know how to make friends and I was always imagining things. And then, you know, I I grew up in a society and I look around at the role models of women and it's really hard for me to find something where I can see where I can see myself but with this 
I can. And I and and I know I've spoken to enough people now and they get so excited about it. So I think people like you are absolutely necessary. We we really need you. Thank you. <laughs> that touched my heart. Um, but but I, I can totally relate. Uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about that um, to the story is that uh, Annette became my close friend and I have been uh, working with her for the last 10 years and she has sort of been the role model that I could not find in my upbringing because uh, she's a Now she, I can say that without her being angry. She's an elderly lady. She just turned 70 and she lives alone and she, um, in a, in a, a, um, a small house in Copenhagen, but in a, a sort of small sanctuary with uh, trees and, and gardens and things like that. And she can manage herself and she is very, has a strong spirituality. And people really respect her from her knowledge and for being the person she is. And she has all the way through sort of really kept her femininity uh, together with being a, a, a strong and independent woman. Uh, and that is really something that I look up to and, and hope that I can embrace myself uh, over the time. So truly that we are sort of uh, people like children like us being weird and not fitting in uh, it is a, a big problem that that there's there were no visible role models for them to to look upon i think now also as you said just harry potter like but uh, the, the oldest of my girls she she's uh, she looks like me on some fields but uh But she really has uh, some good role models, not me, but in the in the stories and in the movies that are current. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. This is something I'm just starting to write about, actually. Um, so, so one of so I said my husband Thomas, he's yeah. to undertaking like a Jungian education, and one of his teacher, um, her name's Pia. I'm really bad at remembering names. It could be Pia Grossman, but. <laughs> She has written a lot about the daughter archetype and it's about this, um, you know, these the, and you can see it in the films that have have come out like with even even Frozen, um, um, like Katniss yeah. in the Hunger yeah. Games and that whale rider, that one. And there's other ones as well where these young women are like rising up. And yeah. really taking their power and saving the world, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. it's like yeah. you know, I, I was born in 1970, and no one, no women were saving the world in no. in the cinemas for me <laughs> growing no. up. You know, no. and um, yeah. they I, were I'm, saved by the 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 knight in shining armor. <laughs> ah, that's it. And I had to work years to overcome that because I was expecting that as well. And, you know, I had to, I had to really overcome that. And I was so angry when I realized that's what I'd been doing. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, it's a great revelation when you get to that point and say, okay, there's no one who will save me, but me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and I have to say, I, I have felt that since moving to Denmark, like it's in the land that energy women being independent and powerful it's there you know even if yeah. if people have been kind of you know maybe I don't I you know I don't want to sound prejudiced but I am a little bit but even if people <laughs> have been Christianized into another yeah. into another culture it it never really made it properly <laughs> in no, Scandinavia you know like yeah but that's that's really true and I think That of course uh, the women uh, took care of the children and the home and all things like that. But when you now, I also uh, play around in in the Viking reenactment uh, community, so I've sort of I'm a little colored, but still I know that when uh, the men were away, it was the women who sort of was the the main juridisk. Um, uh, You, how do you say that you know they were the ones to to claim the household yeah, and set the yeah, rules yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and they were in charge yeah 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 and and yeah. i think maybe maybe it still lingers somehow that that we can do this by ourselves 
yeah and 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 there's nothing sort of like doesn't feel like there's a hardship to it it's like no no because the power the power that's needed is is there and it's just like you know that's how it is isn't it yeah yeah so I I was just curious what what museum did you work in uh, the name is Kroppedal <laughs> Museum. Okay. It's in Tostrup, uh, nearby Copenhagen. Oh, okay. We sort of had uh, all of uh, Vestegnen, the west, <laughs> the west of Copenhagen, um, from Lyngby all the way down to Greve, actually. Okay. Uh, okay. So it's a pretty big uh, um, area of uh, examination, both excavations and all sort of um, work at the the commune, commune, I don't know what to call it, yeah. Yeah, 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 commune. I mean, it's um, it's different words depending on which country you come from, but, I mean, you know, it's like a local council yeah. area or yeah. something, isn't it? It's like, oh, fancy that. I haven't been over, I haven't been over that way much because there's just so much, like, round here. Like locally, I haven't yeah. needed to really. I've been to Moon a little bit and done some yeah. things there. And on Bonhomme, I was yeah. absolutely gobsmacked, like so yeah. shocked to find all the heliosinger there, yeah. all the um, what's it called the in English? Rock, rock Petri- petroglyphs. Yeah. yeah, because I'd never seen it mentioned, you yeah. know. And I was just like, the energy was so strong coming off those um. Oh, what's that big rock called? They've got ice cream named after it. Uh, uh, it's a famous uh, Bonhomme ice cream, and it's actually named after this big, like, okay, outcropping of... Okay, the That's it. It's Quillabulli. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, because we were staying, we were staying near there, and I was just mesmerised by this outcropping, and it was like a stone, and I was like, I have to walk over there. I have to walk over there. So I walked over there. And she was a, she was a bit damaged because there's been a lot of um, dynamiting on Bonhomme okay. into the landscape yeah. where they were quarrying stone. Yeah. But yeah. I could sort of feel the oh, it was like oh. But she was it was so female, and and then I found out that's what the um, yeah because you know people see it as a troll in the yeah. in the well you know it's another way of calling an inhabiting spirit isn't it such yeah. a beautiful energy and then I found out that's what the ice cream is named after and I was like oh that's so hilarious it's like yeah, it's really it. funny and and Bonholm is actually maybe you could say n- very not Danish like yeah, yeah, because yeah. the it's more maybe like Iceland and, and they still have a strong sort of maybe not they will not maybe say it out loud, but there's a strong feeling about the land and, and the spirits of the land. And, and yeah, yeah, them. yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And I could feel the people that had been there, like that had done those pe- petroglyphs, I could feel they're the same people as so like in Sweden, I've been round yeah. to, you know, with the yeah. Sather training that I've been doing there. I've been round to, and I can feel the same energy. And then I felt it. We went to... We had we had some time, me and me and Thomas during the summer, we had a week where Benji was at our last name. So he was getting looked after in, in respite care. And he wanted to go to the there's um the Christ oh, not Christiania. Oh there's a museum up above Copenhagen. I've forgotten what it's called, but it's like a modern art museum. Oh, Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah. Yeah. And we went there and it was just completely like people queuing for miles outside in the rain. And we were like, oh, no, because of COVID, you know, I hadn't thought yeah. about like the restrictions. No. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, we'd seen the Karen Blixen Museum on the way yeah. there. And my mum always loved those books and I always loved those books. Yeah. And then I was really shocked when I found out she was Danish. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, you <laughs> no, well, I knew she was somewhere. But yeah, it could yeah. have been, you know, it didn't yeah. it didn't mean anything to me because before I moved here, my my geography is really bad. But before I moved here, I couldn't have told you where Denmark was. No, that's okay. Jutland is sort of everything after the bridge. So Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, so we went to the Karen Blixen Museum. And as soon as we get to the car park, I go, Oh my god, there's an energy here. There's an energy here. And he <laughs> said, he said, um, People say she was a witch. Maybe it's because of that. And I was yeah. like, 
Well, even if it was, I don't think so, because it's bigger. It's bigger than that. Let's go and explore. Anyway, so we went round and um, had an explore. And then in the in the museum itself, there's like this stone up on the wall, like this ancient stone with like a handprint on it that's been oh, carved it that looks yeah, really yeah. really alien I was like yeah. what is that and then next to it there was this explanation sort of saying oh the family said it came from a burial mound but it was sort yeah. of very almost like they were making it up or something mm. anyway so we go around and we go outside and we go into the woods and we go up to Karen Blixen's grave which is amazing have you been there I have not been there like in 25 years or so. Okay, so. so there's this beech tree, like this massive beech tree, like her stone is under it. And it's almost like this beech tree is like coming down, like holding her in her arms. Yeah. And the energy coming off her gravestone was just like, oh my God, that's so lovely. And I was, because you have to go up a hill. And I said to Thomas, I said, this is the sort of place where they always build growhoys, especially mm. near the sea, because it's on a, yeah. I'm really surprised there is, it feels like there's one here. And then yeah. he, we went a bit further. There was like a hedge. And there's this bit where they've built like a stone sort of like ornamental, like on the ground, this sort of lovely stone path going round. And they've called it, oh, I've forgotten. It's a, it's a 17th century Danish poet that used to sit there for okay. inspiration. So they called it like Edvard's Hoy or something yeah. like that. And I'm sitting there and I'm going to Thomas, this this is a, this is a growhoy, but it hasn't said that in the museum. It can't be a growhoy because it, they would have said they would have said. And I said, "Come on, let, we have to go and ask." We went into the museum. It's a Bronze Age burial mound. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's not. It's not even mentioned anywhere. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, they don't even they don't even say it anywhere in the museum. And it's like that's so. It's so precious. It's so. That energy there is just so beautiful. So yeah, so I'll, everyone I'll has write to, it down. I need to go and look at it. <laughs> everyone has to, and also as you go into it through the woods, the woods sort of go down into a dip, and it has that sort of you know where you get this in the landscape, you get this dip, and that energy is like pooling in the bottom of this dip. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it's such a beautiful place there for doing ceremony or yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever but the hint is in the name I, oh, I can't I, I wish I had a better memory but the the farmstead is called something Lun yeah that's true um, which means yeah, like sacred it's, it's like sacred grove so these yeah. old places where it's got Lun in the end were usually like sacred yeah. places but what I, the reason why I started telling you all this was because it had that same energy of like this the old Swedish yeah. energy that's the, like the, the people and the whether it was Neolithic or Bronze Age, I don't know, but maybe yeah. the whole no, period. No, They're the, the, the probably Bronze Age because that is when they made the rock carvings and, and all a lot of these ground grey mounds. Yeah. Well it's at Karen Blixen's place as well. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> yeah. But if so. it's uh, uh, normally, we hear that they built the churches, yeah, the, the medieval churches upon old sacred uh, places, but maybe also Canblixen's grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she. Uh, well, I think the, it sort of says the family believed that you know it yeah. was an old set, but it's but there's no sort of like, and it is a Bronze Age burial mound. It doesn't actually, mm-hmm. it doesn't okay. actually say that. And and I think because there's so many of them in Denmark, it's almost like overseen yeah. and it's really not treasured no it's uh, in denmark which is old farming country they yeah. have sort of been looked upon with uh oh this is in the way because we are not allowed to plow on upon the grave mounds and and things like that so maybe it could be why <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and people needed to eat so they yeah. had to, you know, they had to knock a lot of them down. But also because people aren't sensitive to energy, that's they true. don't realise. They don't really. They just think, oh, that's a that's a little man with a bit of grass on it, and it's like yeah, it's a nice view. You can go upside and look. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm like, oh, I want to spend. I want to come and sleep here. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I know that feeling. Oh, it's been so lovely talking to you today. I've probably talked too much. <laughs> I do that. I do. It's great to have this uh, exchange of energy and get to know one another. 
So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I wanted to ask you, have you got have you got like a simple tip that you can give to the people listening, something they can bring into their every everyday life? Uh, I have two because okay. they're both really good. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, the the first one is that when you wake up in the morning and put into your daily routine, you will probably have a cup of whatever hot thing that you prefer to drink in the morning. If you instead of just swallowing it, swallowing, swallowing it down, is it swallow, swallow, swallowing. swallowing? Yeah, it's difficult. Swallowing. Swallowing. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> it's an English uh, course, also. Uh, no. <laughs> Try before you swallow, just to be aware of thing, um, greeting your allies in whatever form they come. It could be if you work with spirit guides or if you work with power animals or if you just work with your old grandma. <laughs> um, I always do that. And that sort of is just a small, small moment of awareness, awareness and appreciation that is sort of my greeting to the day, but also to the ones I really would like to walk with me today. Could it be, I have like this phrase of um, you who always follow me, so I don't have to sort of say you down in the underworld and you out in the tree, but it's just sort of a, a hello saying to, to everyone. And I sort of feel like, feel that when I don't do it because my morning start off on the wrong foot, uh, I miss that. I miss that uh, moment of uh, connecting with the power of nature or power of my allies. Mm. Uh, and that's pretty easy. It doesn't take a lot. It, it's not a, a white candle and, and three times around the block. It's just step back and greet greet my whoever follows you. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, that. I love uh, that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's, it's so simple, but it's a really strong ritual. You could even call it a ritual. For, mm. for me, it is at least. Mm. And the other one is to start. Everyone probably knows how you can go out in nature. And if I struggle with something, then I can oh take a long walk. And after that, I always feel a little bit more at ease. Or maybe I have found a solution to the problem or whatever. But if you try to do that with awareness, that if you say, when I cross this road, this uh, uh, this uh, trail, this whatever, open the fence. Uh, from that part, everything that happens to me on my walk has um, meaning for my intention. My and my intention could be how do I uh, how do I find uh, solve this problem with my friend or whatever. How do I find a new job or, or how do I find money to pay the rent or whatever. Uh, but try to work with intention. Mm -hmm. So the, the key word is intention, that when you do these walk in nature or even in the streets of your local city or um, wherever you are, try to walk with intention and ask for help so that nature around you will provide the answers. So when you are sort of finished with your walk, see um, how did this, what answers came to me and, and how can I use them? Uh, towards my intention that's a i could i could explain it more in details but now I just try to be brief but yeah. uh, we call it a medicine walk when we yeah. work shamanistic um, yeah. but uh, it's a great uh, one of my favorite uh, tools to to sort of walk and work between worlds yeah that's, that's i'm a very pragmatic yeah person yes so. <laughs> yes me too so yeah I always love these things that you can actually you don't have to like make an extra time for it because there's always something that nope. you know you need to walk to and get some fresh air or or whatever so that's 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 beautiful that's really lovely thank you so much ah so I wanted to just tell people that you have a Instagram feed if they're on Instagram and that is Maria M-A-R-I-A -A, with an underscore Huntermore's underscore Haver. But I will put all the links in the show notes underneath. Um, but that the Hullamore, Thomas told me it's a fairy tale. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I didn't realise yeah. that. It's a it's an old fairy tale or even an old just myth that in the elder tree lives the elder mother and she has to be treated with respect 
uh, and she can also be approached if you have a sickness, if you have a fever, you can ask her to take the fever, uh, and she will bring fertility and fertility to you in your life. I actually have a, a when I had my first child uh, into the birth, labor room. I brought a, a, a branch from the elder tree and they thought I was crazy and maybe I were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, she is probably connected to Freya if we look really long back and it's it's difficult. It's sort of maybe just a wishful thinking, but um, things... Well, I, I, have a, I have a book somewhere by um, a Swedish woman who lived in Glastonbury for a long time. Okay. She's dead now. Um, but you know, they have that the whole goddess thing happen in Glastonbury. So she was a real goddess person. And and she wrote, she I can remember her saying about that elder tree was particularly kind of sacred in Denmark. And she connected it with hell. Okay, yeah, but uh I don't want to run now, but I I actually have two goddess poles on my altar. Yeah. One is Freya and one is Hell. Yeah. So yeah. they are sort of for me very intermingled. So. Yeah, I mean that's it. That's it, isn't yeah. it? And then and they are, but um I love the elder tree and I'm yeah. so happy to um be going and picking some berries this weekend. And you know, I love to talk to the tree and could just feel, you know, we have this lovely kind of oh, I don't know, immersion with each other, but I feel very like the energy of the elder tree has really helped me. Because it has that kind of toughness, but yeah. also the wisdom and the, the like the abundance with the with the berries. And yeah. someone told me you can make tea from the blossoms, which I didn't yeah. know. And I drink so much tea, so I'm really happy, really happy and to the, hear that. The berries they are really good help if you get the flu. So luckily, I didn't get COVID, but if I had, I would have taken lots of lots of tincture of elderberries. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, because it's really good for the immune system, isn't yeah. it? So, so where should we where should we look for you know where where the English stuff will be coming out? You've got a website, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, it, go to my YouTube channel. Um, there's already some English videos at the moment there, and when um, when I start to make more videos in English, uh, I will put them out for free on, on the YouTube channel. So, and in good time, there will probably call, come a paid course, but that will not be right now anyway. <laughs> so yeah, the YouTube right. channel will be a good yeah. place to look. And my Instagram profile or account is also a good place because I sort of uh, walk between Danish and English. So a lot of it comes out in English and uh, a lot of it in Danish. So. Yeah, but the pictures, the photographs are beautiful anyway. So it's just worth yeah. looking at for the photographs. So. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, sh- it's a shame that Instagram doesn't do translations a lot of the time. I don't know why, because Facebook's quite good at it. But so it's all right for me because I can read Danish quite well, but I have a real problem with speaking it because, like you, I'm really a perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. And I can have a conversation in Danish, but I make so many mistakes. Yeah. And I can hear myself like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't have said po, I should have said e. And, you yeah. know, it's like, <laughs> I, get, I get like, it probably helps if I have a few drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that too. Uh, I think that will help me too. <laughs> Maybe I should just have a drink and then start make a video. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been really, really lovely talking to you today. And, um, you know, I, I do get emails from people who just love this podcast and I know people will love hearing you as well Maria so thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it was a pleasure yeah you're welcome lots of blessings yeah thank you all right all right bye everyone bye see you later bye